Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 145 of All Booked Up, the Buffalo and Erie County Public Libraries podcast about books, movies, and all things pop culture. I'm your host, Michelle Snyder. And I am Jacob Marico. Jacob, doesn't it feel like spring has sprung? Oh, uh, it's starting to feel that way. I'm Thank seeing God. some some little daffodil babies creeping. It hasn't been buck cold outside the <laughs> entire time. It's nice. I can't decide if I can plant like some wildflower seeds because they're supposed to go in when it's still like a little chill, chill out. Mm-hmm. But if it freezes, that's no good. Well, so I, how can I ever know if it's going to go below 32 again? Well, I would worry about this weekend because if the weather report is correct, it's going to be a little choppy out there. But is I it? I think it'll probably be good after this week. It's, it's, it's spring. I don't care what people say. Spring starts <laughs> on March 1st. Well, yeah. and Buffalo does because people are like in t-shirts i already saw outside and i I was like i'm literally wearing my winter jacket why are you wearing a t-shirt i did see people walking around i the cargo shorts had already made their first appearance of the season i'm like dreaded cargo shorts it's like i know i know i'm in buffalo when people are rocking those the thing is we make fun of cargo shorts for men a lot but when i go into the stores that is what they sell for men i don't see a ton of other options so either stop making fun of them or make men different shorts yeah we don't need those second pockets guys we don't need our keys jangling by our knees it's unnecessary (laughs) it's such a low pocket and you'll see people reaching for it when they need things they have to like bend all the way over it is because they don't realize that the more you bend in shorts the farther it gets away it doesn't change the distance literally what happens it's really funny for me to think about right now physics guys physics think, think keep reaching it keeps <laughs> moving oh okay i'm not gonna we're gonna stop making fun of people in cargo shorts uh, um what i really want to talk about so obviously as big movie fans we enjoy the mm-hmm. oscars oh, even course. though they'll it'll probably be a terrible show oh it's gonna be awful it's they've all did you watch calls? the grammys at all no because i thought it would be terrible and from what I, I hear i tuned in and watched like bits um, it's like the performances were good wherever they were taking place was like, that's enjoyable. But whenever people are talking and there was like an audience of eight, oh, you're like, yeah. mm, I'm not into it. Um, but the Oscars this year is exceptional because they are really making history in so many different ways. So that is what we want to talk about today is all the, all of the wonderful things that have come up in this year's Oscars. Are you ready for that? You bet I am. Okay. So I know what you're most excited about, Michelle. Do you? Because we get to say Oscar nominated Eurovision, the story of fire uh, saga, because it is, I hate that you text song. me immediately. That <laughs> song's was, not going to win. No, it's not got no chance. Cause they didn't, what other songs are up? Do you know? It's Husevik. Husevik is up. That last song at the very end. No, of the I movie. don't care about them. I'm saying, do you know any of the other songs from movies? That uh, are I do actually. Uh, Fight for you from uh, Judas and the Black Messiah. Oh. Hear my voice. The trial of the Chicago Seven. Uh, I'm not even going to try that one because it's in another language. At low C. Okay, from from Spain. The life ahead and speak now from one night in Miami. So yeah, it has no chance of winning, but I still like that it's on there. I mean, I'm not. I've probably. I mean, I've seen those movies, so I've heard the songs, but they're not sticking out. That trial from the Chicago Seven one that is Oscar bait and a half. Yeah, just everything about it is just like, oh god. If I was trying to do a template, but 
I know that's your favorite part because you love Eurovision so much. The worst. Let's get into it. Okay, so the first part is Riz Ahmed is making Oscar history. So he is a 38-year-old actor. He scored an Academy Award nomination um, for his role in Sound of Metal. That dude's been crushing it for a couple of years It's one of my favorite movies of the year. It's wonderful. And he is the first Muslim to be nominated in the Oscars Best Actor category. Um, He previously broke barriers at the Emmys in 2017 when he won Outstanding Lead Actor in a Limited Series for The Night Of. Love that show. I know you did. And became the first Muslim actor and first Asian actor to win in a leading... Um, acting category Mahershala Ali he previously became the first Muslim actor to win an Oscar period which was best supporting actor actor I said actor because I was like you're getting fancy I was like Oscar an Oscar actor um, for Moonlight in 2017 and for Green Book in 2019 Um, the night of Riz Ahmed was so good, and but I told you he was too good that I had to stop watching that show because I'm not kidding. It was it was causing me a lot of anxiety. Like oh. I was really stressed out, so I ended up just googling. I was like, "How does it end?" Because I I have to know if it's terrible or not. And then I just didn't finish. No, it's not terrible. It's not great. As one would imagine, a story of a guy going to jail, <laughs> like the going through the court system is. But oh, oh see now you're never going to learn how to cure your eczema if you ever get it. That was surprisingly. Oh, that part was also really disgusting in the movie. Anyway, so Ahmed stars in Sound of Metal as Ruben. He is a punk drummer and a recovering addict, and he ends up losing his hearing, which is you really get to experience that with him. The way that it's shot and the sound is. Did you see the movie? I didn't see it yet. No. Oh, you didn't. No, What's I'm, the matter I'm, with you? I know. I'm slacking off. I've been oh watching terrible movies instead. The movie first premiered at the 2019 Toronto International Film Festival, and it required Ahmed to spend weeks practicing drumming and learning ASL. And yeah, he's earned rave reviews for his performance. He was nominated at the Golden Globes, at the Film Independent Spirit Award, and the Screen Actor Guild Awards. So I'm not sure if it's his year, but I would be very pleased if it was. He's like one of those actors that you look at and you're like, oh, if it's not this year, this guy's definitely going to win something at some point. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah, you're just like, there's just a matter of time when they're going to give this guy a trophy. It's for something he's done. Although, have you ever watched his interviews? Because he's another person that when that really posh British accent came out, I was like, what? That's how you, yes. He's like super British. Ah, well, okay. (laughs) <laughs> Why are you disappointed? Well, it's I'm just actually, always really interesting. No, actually, you know what? That makes me more impressed with his acting ability because he doesn't let that accent come through Not at all. at all. Not even a little bit. Um, okay, let's move on to Stephen Yoon. He mm-hmm. has blazed through as the first ever Asian America Best Actor nominee. And the first uh, Walking Dead cast member to get an Oscar <laughs> nomination. <laughs> that is also correct. The Walking Dead guy. Wow, nobody saw that coming. I mean... Also, why are these the first? It's 2021. Well, I I mean, that's a whole other discussion. I don't get it. But yeah, he was on The Walking Dead. um, First Asian American actor of Korean descent. I saw that movie too. It's very, very good. Oh, did you? I'm I'm going to get it this weekend. Yeah, it's kind of a bummer. Kind of a bummer movie, but it's very, very good. Yeah, well, it it looks at it. So he was nominated for his work in Lee Isaac Chung's Best Picture nominated drama, which is called Minari. So together, actually, uh, Yoon... 
and Ahmed became the first two actors of Asian descent to compete for best actor in the same year. Yeah, and they're so that's both exciting. They both have a pretty decent chance of winning it, man. I love the best actor category this year. Everybody on it there is could really it's really really strong. Um, so in Minari, Yoon plays an immigrant father relocating his family to rural America in search of you know economic prosperity. Sure, and um, is the first person with Asian roots to appear in the category since Ben Kingsley who is of Indian descent, oh, and he yeah. scored a nomination for House of Sand and Fog in 2004. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's been a hot minute. But Yoon was born in Seoul, and his family immigrated to Canada before they ended up settling in Michigan, which is where, where he grew up. Oh, that is awesome, man. I, I, I loved him in that movie, man. I cannot wait to see. I've seen him in some other stuff, and he, he's really good. He didn't get to shine enough in Walking Dead. Like, no, I didn't like, watch that show. I caught, like, bits of it, so I can't really judge, but he's definitely got the, the skill. Oh, yeah, and it didn't really show up on that show. That's why it's so surprising. Like, once he became started doing movies, it, it became more of a, oh, wait a minute, this guy actually, something to this dude. Even oh, though yeah. he was doing kind of schlocky <laughs> action movies for a little while there. So, other... Asian actors to appear in the category throughout history. So we got Ben Kingsley for House and Sand and Fog. What else was he nominated for? Oh, it was uh, Gandhi, wasn't it? You got it. it. Um, And then Yul Brenner was nominated for The King and I. I I love that movie, dude. That was like my first really good musical I liked. Oh, really? Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That was a good one. one? Yeah. Just dancing around the He was also like just, he was really hot in that movie. You 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 like the bald guy? I did. I I do. I guess that's too. Trace it all um, the way back. Tupple from Fiddler in the Roof and a 1958 uh, Miyoshi Yumeki from a film Sayonara that I'm not Mm. familiar with. Can't say I know that one. Okay, became the actor, um, the first one of East Asian descent to have won an Oscar in in for anything. So. Um, oh, and Anne Minari also made headway elsewhere among the Oscar nominations as Yoo Jung Yoon received a Best Supporting Actress nod for her performance as Yoon's mother-in-law. Yes, indeed. Um, like I said, it's just fantastic film all around, man. Like, Did the, the director, I think, is also nominated, Chung? Uh, yes, Lee Isaac Chung is up for Best Director. And uh, Best Original Screenplay, I yeah. think. So they could have a great night. Yeah, they're really, like, they're make, like a lot of Asian actors and actresses and uh, stuff and directors are really making a lot of headway lately. Like, they're doing I a mean, lot of great finally, stuff in Hollywood right it's now. It's just always unfortunate that people have to really constantly complain to get it brought to light. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, yeah, I mean, no one was asking for anything special. It's just like, can you please watch all of the movies and make real calls on performance? It's like we can actually make good stuff when you give us a chance, guys. Turns out Parasite really did kind of open the floodgates last year. It does seem that way. Yeah, for sure. Um, Also up in Best Actor uh, role, Chadwick Boseman for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom which not is a pretty good, pretty decent movie there. He actually had a lot of buzz uh, for a little while there for like the runaway favorite, which is what makes this category so interesting. I know, but sometimes those posthumous best actor nods, I don't know. It's it's rough, man. It's the Heath Ledger Especially with a, with a really, with strong categories, you know, then it's sometimes that's a little tough. Okay, and also very exciting for the first time, in its 93-year existence, the Academy has nominated two women for Director of the Year. What? What, what, are they, what have they done? Oh, I don't like the sound of that at all. Why did it take so long? So we have Nomadland's Chloe Zhao 
and Promising Young Woman's Emerald Fennel. They are becoming the sixth and seventh woman to ever appear in the category. <laughs> so two in one year is crazy yeah. when you think that there's been seven overall and one winner so they're like one in seven at this point i mean it i mean it's crazy it like and it's about to change this year i'll tell you that i'm hoping while both women's nominations are super significant the beijing born um zhao her nomination breaks new grounds for the oscars all on its own because she is the first woman of color to be nominated for best director Oh, yeah. There are just, it's really wild. There's so many firsts. Before today, the Academy's directing branch has recognized just five women in the category since 1976. Um, when Seven Beauties Helmer, Lena Wormuller, I believe is her name, Nailed she blazed it. a trail as the brackets, the first woman ever to be nominated. And then in 1994, Jane Campion became the second for her work on the piano. Oh, okay. And then she was followed by Sofia Coppola in 2004 for Lost in Translation. Um, and then your girl who, who won there, Catherine Bigelow. She's the, she's the GOAT, man, I'm telling you. She is. Hurt Locker was amazing. And then the most recent one in 2018 was Greta Gerwig for Lady Bird. And as Jacob said, like Bigelow is the only woman to have won um, Best Director. Yeah, and you know, Hurt Locker was good. I don't know if... It was like the best movie I've ever seen, but it was an excellent no, movie. No, it, it, it was well directed. Like, yeah. I, I get where they were coming from. Um, but Nomadland, which is starring Frances McDormand, um, also nominated, also. Mm -hmm. Also the favorite at the yeah, moment. Yeah, definitely front runner. As a, a drifter traveling the country in her van in the wake of economic strife, um, is kind of expected to take the best picture prize. It seems I would that say way, seems yes. to be a favorite, and um, Zhao remains the front runner for best director after she scooped up a similar prize um, at the Golden Globes, where again, first Asian woman to win, and at the Critics' Choice Awards, which is just awesome, like all around fantastic. It is awesome, and I, I that was my favorite film of the year. So I mean, it would definitely I know, you've been, get you, my vote. You have definitely been pushing that one for sure. Like um, I really have, you know, you know what else was a good uh, performance, even though I don't think she really has a chance of winning was Viola Davis in uh, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Did you see that movie? I I saw half of it. That Here's, sounds about right. Well, I just want to say and this is this is a personal thing. This is an issue for me throughout my whole life of watching films. I do not like adapted plays because okay, that's fair. They 100 percent feel like plays. They don't feel natural as films because when it's written for the stage, you, you have to say things differently. You move around differently. It takes place in one space because that's a stage and that always works on mm -hmm. stage. But in film, I am like I couldn't get through fences. I mean, I, most of them, almost every one of them I can't do. Yeah, I watched uh, Raisin in the Sun like a couple of weeks ago and it's kind of the same deal. It's just you just feel it. And sometimes. Like, it's funny because I did not know that Ma Rainey's Black Bottom was a play. And then as I was watching it, Andrew and I were like, this is a play, isn't it? Because like, this feels really weird. This <laughs> camera hasn't moved this entire movie. Um, but I saw Chadwick <laughs> Boseman. I mean, most of his performance is in the beginning, I heard. That um, it's a pretty small role. Yeah. Well, you can imagine why. But yeah, he's one of those actors that gets that posthumous uh, bump after his death unfortunately yeah it was definitely short but like you said viola davis the sh the 
parts that I saw of her, she really transformed. Oh, well, Viola Davis is always bringing it every time you put her in a movie. Like, she is not going to give you anything less than 200% when she's on screen. That is true. And that is why she also makes Oscars history as the most nominated black actress ever. Oh, that doesn't surprise me at all. She has two best actress nominations. So Suck it, Oprah. <laughs> Oprah. Isn't Oprah? Oh. Yeah, she was up for one of them. Oh, for the color purple? I think I she I couldn't remember if it was a color purple or beloved, but yeah, it was one of those two. Oh, you're right. I think it was a color purple, but I, I'm not positive. So she had past nods for the doubt, or for doubt, the help. Um, her victory for fences Mm -hmm. and she breaks a tie that she previously shared with her longtime super good friend octavia spencer who has three nominations for hidden figures the shape of water and then she won for the help i would love to see um octavia spencer just like giving that famous stare of hers while viola davis is freaking out in one scene that would be like the best scene in movie history. that would be really funny her stare is is crazy but (laughs) do you know who is the only other black actress with more than one oscar nomination for acting uh no actually i don't whoopi goldberg Oh, of course. Yeah, the color purple and ghost and, you know, the latter of which we know. Yeah, she won for ghost. Yeah, that was a good year, 1991. Oscars where I felt like were really exciting. The 90s were good. Yeah, and then when she was hosting them, they were really funny. Like, it just felt like such a, a, a different time. Anytime Billy Crystal was hosting the Oscars in the 90s, I was oh, just watching it for I'm those si- clips. For those little skits that they would do, they were the best. They were. They were really funny. I don't know why <sighs> they stopped doing those. Like, I think it still make because a lot of... Because I think there's not... Another Billy Crystal. Like, I honestly think it's it's just different. Like, there's yeah. really funny people. Like, Jimmy Kimmel is, like, funny when they do it. Like, there's people that do a good job, oh. but it's not the same. You know what I just thought that may put a chill down my spine? If what? they were trying to do that now, it would be James Corden would be the guy they would be oh, doing. Oh, I don't it. really enjoy James oh, Corden. Oh, boy, that would be terrible. He's Ooh. not my favorite. Okay, here's a question for you. Sure. Tell me the most nominated um, black performer of all time. And I'll give you a hint. This person has eight oscar nominations including two wins uh, but we know i mean we know it's not a woman because it's not viola yeah we, we know that um oh i want sydney poitier denzel washington dang it i knew it'd be one of the two it was, yeah. there's only two options there he's really <laughs> been nominated eight times oh my god oh yeah um with a best picture nomination too for producing fences and then following him with five nominations including one win is the man with the best voice. <laughs> oh, Morgan Freeman. Morgan yeah. Freeman. That's right. No Gosh, kid. why did they not pop into my head like right away? Because, you bad. know, they're they're older now. We don't see them in films like we did where they were just in everything all the time. He nominated. Yeah, he even Roman Israel even got him an Oscar nomination. That tells you how good he is. <laughs> he seriously is. So as I think a lot of people know, the first black performer to be nominated and to ever win an Oscar in Academy Awards history was Gone with the Wind actress Haiti McDaniel. Um, in her role, this was a very controversial, I think, film and especially role for her. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Halle Berry remains the only black woman to have won an Oscar for Best Actress. Which is crazy to think. Yeah, like. for Monsters Ball. Remember how cute she was when she won? Yeah, very She was much at so. like the height of like adorable Haley. She had the, her little pixie cut. 
I love that haircut on her, man. That was, whenever I think of Halle Berry, that's always the one I get. She has long hair now, and I just kind of look at it like, I don't know about this. Although I can't look at her the same since Andrew and I hate-watched Catwoman. Oh, and oh. it was one million times worse than I ever anticipated. And one day I would like us to just do an entire episode on it because we were like crying laughing i am all for doing a takedown episode have like, you watched it okay well of course i have it's holy just cow. awful this has nothing to do with the episode but can i just say and you can't get farther away from the oscars <laughs> than Catwoman. you can't and it was great though that when she did catwoman and she won her razzie um that she went and like got her award and was like, yeah, straight up in a terrible movie, which being is terrible, which is how you got to handle that situation. I hope Glenn Close does that since she is nominated for both Cat but Razzie and an yeah, Oscar. Yeah, that what? is really for the. OK, that's the first time ever, though, like Sandra Bullock was nominated for a Razzie for a film in the same year that she was in a different movie where she won an Oscar. Yes. So that seems Separate wild deal. enough. But you're right. Glenn Close is nominated for an Oscar. And a Razzie. For the same role. For the same role. And can I just say like. That movie stinks, dude. Okay. Does it? Did you watch it? <laughs> I did watch it. Oh, because so I asked you to rough. and then I didn't watch it yet. Okay. Well, I was really <laughs> curious because. Okay. So for people that don't know, this is Glenn Close's um, landmark eighth overall dude. notice from the Academy. Dude, okay. Yeah, she's coming for Meryl Streep, man. Like. I mean, she really is. Except. Not the wins. Not the wins. Not no. the wins. She's like the the Buffalo Bills of this. She's always going, just never winning nothing. And this is for her performance in Hillbilly Elegy, where she plays this like no nonsense Appalachian grandmother opposite Amy Adams. This is a Ron Howard's film. It's on Netflix. And it was hailed as one of the worst performances of the year, but other people are coming out is that it that she's actually really great and that she is like almost exactly like the person that she was trying to be like when you meet that person you're like oh that's exactly who she is and that's why i wanted to see it because the tom tomato meter on rotten tomatoes so the critic score is 25 percent. you're like oh that's a garbage film mm -hmm. but the audience score is 85 percent. so mm -hmm. tell me why because just the <laughs> It's just one of those movies where it's like schmaltzy and it like has like its own little quote unquote message to send. So I shouldn't, even though I made you watch it, no, I was no, going to no. watch and I was supposed to for this episode and I did it. You totally got to watch it now but just <laughs> okay. to see it. But it's just like it is baffling that like you have Amy Adams, Ron Howard and Glenn Close in your movie and this this is what you made. It's just it's how to make a book wrong. <laughs> I'll hmm. tell you that much. But okay, that I is mean, just I'm, wild. I'm interested. I, I I read the book and I was like, oh, this I'll put is, it to you this, this way. There's, interesting. There's like, you know, think of like the night you want to bring up the 90s. Think of like 90s comic book movies. That is the equivalent of audience score was really high and critic score was very, for what did you low. say for like 90s comic book movies like your Batman's and such like that. Batman Forever would be exactly. An well, they're like, this is terrible, but people like it. Yeah. But this is you're saying this is just bad. And it takes a lot for Jacob to say a movie is bad. Can we all acknowledge that? I don't watch bad movies. I don't know what you're talking about. I have never made one bad movie. Suggestion. Holy cow. Holy cow. Let's get back to the good stuff um, with the with the Oscars. So, um, OK, how about Judas and the Black Messiah makes history as the first best picture nominee with all black producers. Which uh, it was totally worthy, man, because that movie was fantastic. Like, that was that was a, a really, a really, really great movie. And tell well, us what else is really great 
that's coming from that movie. Well, the fact that they got two Best Supporting Actor nominations, which raises eyebrows a little bit. Yeah, so, like, so nobody was a star of this movie, huh? Kind of. So both Daniel Kaluuya and Lakeith Stanfield, who are playing Judas and the Black Messiah mm-hmm. we're not in being, the film. We're not being jerks here, guys. Judas the title the and movie. the Black Messiah. Yeah. How... They can both be nominated for Best Supporting Actors, so I guess nobody was a star. Yeah, so it was just a movie that I just was like, a bunch is of it, people. Like, is it Todd from Breaking Bad? Was he the star <laughs> of the movie? So, like, I, I don't love that. Like, I, I want them both to, to get credit for the film, but I'm sorry, one of them should be up. Yeah, I got to And I tell think you, man. that, um, that it's Lakeith should be up for... Yeah, for I, after, I, I think because nobody has even seen the movie, I think Anthony Hopkins can take a walk a little bit in the best actor category and put Stanfield up there, man, because it makes no sense that. I know. But I really love Daniel Kaluuya. Like he really. I did, too. I finished I think that. He's the, uh, I think he's the winner in this category, to be honest. And I you. mean, they're up for best original screenplay also and um, best picture. But with. Shaka King, Charles D. King, and Ryan Coogler serving as the producers. Like I said, this is the first picture, best picture nominee with all um, black producers. I did not realize uh, Coogler worked on this movie, and that makes a lot of sense with the way it's shot and everything. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense now. If you're not familiar, uh, Judas um, has, Kluya is playing Fred Hampton. He was a Black Panther leader whose movement was infiltrated by the FBI and informant William O'Neill, that's Stanfield, and just about like this charismatic activist he inspired a generation until, you know, he lay in his bed sleeping and was shot and killed by police um, at the age of 21. And I just, that's a, I read, um, I had finished a book, Weird Timing, because I didn't know this film was coming out about Fred Hampton. Oh, really? Right when I was like, oh, this film's out. I have to like hurry up and finish the book so that I can watch the film. And it, it really, and this was, a, you know, a nonfiction account from his from his lawyer um, mm-hmm. about how everything went down and the cases and the years and years that it took for this whole thing to close. So film is very, very... It's an well, intense movie, man. And I'm bummed, like something like that, where I'm like, I want that to win Best Picture, but I want... Nomadland to win Best Picture, but you know, so you really go back and forth. Yeah, like this is a loaded category, the Best Picture category. Like if you like the Father's on here, eventually you'll see that. That is a film every year in the Oscars. There is always one mystery film that no one has ever seen. Mm-hmm. Like it apparently exists. That's what they say. I can't prove it because it's never been in any theater anywhere near us. No, like what is going on with it? I want to see it as Anthony Hopkins and uh, Olivia Coleman. Like, come on. Yeah. Give I mean, me a break. And well, since we're talking about record breaking, Anthony Hopkins is the oldest best actor um, Oscar nominee ever. Yeah, is, what, is he 150 now? You're so rude. He is 83. Okay, okay. and he's besting um, Richard Farnsworth from The Straight Story. He had previously held the record because he scored a nod when he was 79 in 2000. But 83 is our new lead. And that is his, how many times has Anthony Hopkins been nominated? Seven. Six, pretty close. Oh, um, and right this there. is coming nearly 30 years after he won for Silence of the Lambs in uh, 92 because which, that was the best back yeah, then. Which is a pretty impressive gap that you're still making movies that are relevant like that far on. You don't you don't see John Travolta putting out any quality work these days like 30 years on from his No, prime. I mean, I'd really like to see Anthony in this film. So, which, you know, is about 
a person suffering through dementia but what i've heard is interesting is that they really film it through anthony hopkins point of view so you kind of have to suffer along with him and get an idea of what it's like to slowly be losing your memory. It sounds like it's, it's going to rip my soul out. Yeah, so, <laughs> sounds like a real good time. Like, what's that Julianne Moore movie? Um, it's going to be oh, another still Alice. Yep, be a replay of that. Awesome. <sighs> or that movie Amore. Do you remember that? Did oh, you see I that? Do that was remember a, Oh, come on. The the dementia ones. They they they're just. The worst. I, I got I got nothing. Um. Okay. Who is though? If Anthony Hopkins doesn't win um and we're not talking about just a nod who remains the category's oldest winner as of right now i'll give you a hint they won in 1982 they were 76 years old oh man that's a tough Um, one legendary actor uh, has a famous daughter who's also an actor i I have no idea henry fonda Oh, for geez. for on Golden Pond, um, and then overall. Oh, I took a nice hearty nap during that movie on yeah, Golden Pond. That is a snooze fest. I think Sorry, we need to Fonda. visit that again just later in life. Honestly, just I think so that might affect you more when you're a little older. I really do. It, it I don't might, think it's yeah. meant for like a twenty year old to 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 watch it all. Um, and overall, the late Christopher Plummer. Um, that's is, what that was his name. I was trying to remember. I'm like, didn't the dude who played um, <laughs> Skeletor get like a late in life nomination? Is both the oldest nominee and winning in acting history because he won for supporting actor for beginners at age 82. That's not Skeletor. Oh, it's one of those older guys. We'll figure it out later. It's Skeletor was the guy who was the judge. Oh, wait, that's Frank Langella. That's, that's who it. it was. I knew it was something to that's do. That's a weird Jacob mistake. It I is a weird say. mistake. But anyway, um, Christopher Plummer won Best Supporting Actor for Beginners when he was 82, and he received a nod for all the money in the world at 88. Right. So if he would have won, I think he would have held the record forever. Uh, until, <laughs> like, until DiCaprio turns 90 and does another yeah. Howard Hughes movie or something. All right. As we run out of time, I want to mention some things. Um, here, Here's how you can watch all of these films. Because this was a really difficult year. You're not going out into theaters. Um, a lot of these have not been released on DVD because they are trying as many ways as they can to make money off of them. Which, so, which is fair. It, it is fair. We're under, you know, six weeks to the 93rd Academy Awards. It's going to be on ABC. So here's how you can get in in case, you know, I like to always at least see the best picture. I mean, I like more than that. But but it does seem like you should at least try to not get in, like watch those ones. Yes. You can watch the four hour Snyder cut that came out. Um, the father. I, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, it's going to be out in VOD apparently next week uh, if you want to pay 20 bucks to see it. That's what I hear. Is that right? That's what I hear. It's supposed to be on the six, uh, 26th or something. Okay. Um, the Father is in select theaters also, I think. Yeah, I just got to fly to L.A. or New York, and you can get in there. Okay, and then Jacob says it's going to stream, so I'm, I'll imagine that's Amazon Prime and iTunes and all mm-hmm. of that. Judas and the Black Messiah, that was on HBO Max. It is now gone, but that is coming into select theaters. Um, what else? Mank. Mank is on Netflix. That's on Netflix. Um, Minari is on Prime, so you can check that out there. Right, right. Um, um, Nomadland is on Hulu. Um, Sound of Metal is on Prime. Oh, so you can so, check that out. So good. Um, Emerald Fennel's The Promising Young Woman. That is on Amazon Prime, Apple TV, YouTube. That is still a pay one also. And uh, Trial of the Chicago 7, that is on Netflix. So you can go check that out there. Yeah, look at that. That's that's all the stuff. That's a lot of streaming networks putting out 
big time movies now, everybody. Like everybody laughed at that five years ago, and now here's Netflix with like two. And Hulu's got one. It's just one of those. It's it's a good year to have the the streaming services. I'll tell you that mm-hmm. that was very very necessary this year. Um, also, and then I know I'm just over talking here, but like like I said, it's such an exciting year. I can't help it. It's it's a fun year, man. There's so like, much stuff. Let's talk about some quick um, surprises and maybe snubs that people feel this year. So okay, again, I mean a a big surprise is. That best supporting actor category we talked about with Stanfield doesn't um, make any sense. It, no, it just it doesn't. And but that's like, you know, producers and managers and publicity people being like, let's make this work. So yeah. I have a little issue with that. But people feel a snub is that Ma Rainey's Black Bottom and One Night Miami both were not nominated for best. Um, picture even though they were nominated in like the Golden Globes right. and the BAFTAs and the SAG Awards. Which is fair and especially the fact that they only did eight nominees they can do up to ten so why not do If they 10? feel it it doesn't that it doesn't deserve it. Um, to Five Bloods was snubbed just about oh, anywhere. Delroy Lindo man that's a heartbreaker because I definitely thought he had a shot at at least a nomination this year. Yeah no they pretty much blanked out on just about everything maybe a Best original score, maybe is maybe up there, but um, a surprise that we talked about before is best adapted screenplay for Borat subsequent movie film. Borat, the cast of Borat had a great year, man. They really did. What Maria Baklavova was uh, up for best? She's up for best actress in a supporting role for Borat. I, that is, crazy. I'm not sure. I really think that that is deserving. But I don't think so either. But <laughs> she's on there, and it is crazy it's to a, think about. It's a thing, and then you get a snub of best director for Aaron Sorkin for Trial of the Chicago Seven. Uh yeah. You th- you think seemed like he was like a set up perfectly like that movie. That's an Oscar bait movie, and it obviously worked. Oh, I mean, what I mean, what's I it got? Know. Best picture. It's nominated for. Um, it's got best. It's got. Um, Sasha Baron Cohen for Best Supporting Actor is up. It's got the Best Song nomination. Best Original Screenplay. So this really feels like they pulled an Argo here where they give it every single nomination except Best Director. And you're kind of like, a film doesn't work without the director. Yeah, so like that's weird. Like, like another round? Thomas Vinterberg? No offense. I haven't seen it, but who is that? Like they're not up in anything else. So yeah. Why is that up for Best Director? It doesn't make any sense. It's very weird. There was a lot of snubs on documentaries. Um, Stacey Abrams all in. There's uh, uh, Amanda McBain and Jesse Moses' Boys State, which I highly recommend. That's oh, a, I haven't seen that one. Yeah, these are just some to write down. Uh, Kristen Johnson's Dick Johnson is Dead. That was that was a pretty touching one. So there's a, there's a bunch of those. Although at some point we need to talk about um, uh, that, that My Octopus Teacher. Did you watch that? Because that was nominated for Best Documentary. Are we, are we allowed to talk about that kind of? That sounds like the, it, a little obscene is what you're talking about there. Michelle. An octopus, really, Jacob? Well, you never know. What's wrong with you? No, what is that about? Octopus teacher? It's about an octopus, okay? And it's, how we taught the guy things. Anyway, we'll talk octopus, about it later. That is, no, that is blowing my mind. We definitely need it's to like talk about it. It's like saying like the tree teacher because you spent time in the woods and learned from the trees. It's not that weird to learn from an octopus. Learn from the trees? Whatever, Jacob, you're just you're just so square. You don't get anything. <laughs> Apparently, I don't. Um, and then another big surprise: best supporting actor for Paul Racy for *Sound of Metal*, which doesn't mean anything to you because you haven't, I haven't seen, seen the film, it, unfortunately. But. but I think this one this one is really shocking, and I'm I'm excited about that. That would be a really really 
um, fun win for best supporting actor. It ain't gonna happen. But no, I think Daniel Kaluuya's got that one. Uh, I don't know. Lakeith is. Uh, I guess we're just gonna have to tune in to, gonna, to see. Yeah, they're gonna. Those two are gonna cancel each other out, and Sasha Baron Cohen's gonna walk away with one somehow. Just watch. That would be funny. So again, April twenty fifth. That is the Oscars ceremony. It is the ninety third one. It was obviously it was set to broadcast in February, but they just keep kind of pushing it mm-hmm. back so that more films could get in. I'm just happy um, they're actually having it this year. There was a concerns they might not even do it with the lack of theater releases. Because that's yeah. usually a requirement. I don't for think it's going to get a lot of viewers. So, no. I'm not even as excited about it. So, well, um, okay, we'll I'd say that's later. a that's a lot of stuff there. So why don't you plug us up? So everything that you hear on All Booked Up will eventually <laughs> yeah. be at the one of our libraries. We got 37 branches all over Erie County. Stop on by, see what's going on. Uh, you can always get other films that the actors are in. That's, that's a right. thing. We're definitely going to have. They're definitely going to have out the uh, old winners. Like they're definitely going to be on the people checking them out. So stop. Bye, everybody. Big time. You can also visit our website at www.buffalolib.org or uh, visit us on Twitter at All Booked Up Pod and uh, see what's going on. Let us know what movies you guys have seen. Yeah, and talk about who you think will win. Okay, so just a few facts to take us out here. I'm sure you know um, this one, but I'm always fascinated by it because in Titanic, that charcoal drawing of naked Kate Winslet. You know, such a big deal oh, in the yeah. film. James Cameron is the one who drew that. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, so it's pretty good. Well, but then I'm like, James, were you looking at naked Kate? Well, of course. He's just like, just lay on how, there. It's totally how, normal. How everybody, dare you? everybody, get out of the room. Um, okay, so after the film Ratatouille came out, the sale of pet rats jumped 50%. That's a little weird, but okay. I love it. So many kids wanted pet rats then. There's something really magical about that. Oh, they're definitely like, oh, I want this rat to teach me how to cook, ma. Put it on my head. And the parents are probably just freaking out about it. They're like, no, thank you. And the last one, this is probably my favorite movie fact of all time. In The Wizard of Oz, remember when it's snowing? And I they're do. like in the field of snow? That was just asbestos. Oh. <laughs> Come on, guys. <laughs> That's They're just like, this be fine. They'll be asking that Linda for a lot more help after that, I think. All right, all right. That is our show for today. Thank you so much for listening, and we will catch you next time. Bye.